Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to 32 Manias of Mike. Uh, we have got a good one for you this time, folks. Uh, we're going back to where it all begins again. Again. Yeah, I, I use that intro for WrestleMania 10, and, and they use that intro for WrestleMania 20. So I feel like I kind of have to... You, you get it. It's words. It's words. Um, this is a very special WrestleMania... Uh, from Mad Mike, because this is the first WrestleMania I've ever been to. Uh, I, I went to as I as I told you guys before. I went to Access when it was up in Toronto for eighteen, but I didn't get to go to the actual event mainly because oh man, by the, the Subhub wasn't a thing then, really. Um, but WrestleMania twenty, it's in the Garden. I was I was I was. Going to school in the Bronx. I had to go. Had to. And man, oh man, what a mania this is. Alright, um, let's begin at the beginning, of course. We we have the WrestleMania debut of someone. Um, you might have heard of him. You might not have seen him. It's John Cena. John Cena opened up WrestleMania 20 after the uh, after the singing of America the Beautiful, and ah, oh, this this is this is prime Cena, y'all. This is 2004. He's cutting a rap on the Big Show. He he's he's wearing custom brass knuckles. He has a chain around his neck for reasons. Maybe he left his bike outside the arena. I don't know. Uh, no, but John Cena, Big Show, U.S. title match. Really fun match. Uh, this is the first time Cena has FU'd the big show. Back then it was called the FU because of his feud of Brock Lesnar. Um, yeah, this is the first time John Cena FU'd the big show. And big show kicked out, believe it or not, because it's WrestleMania. Uh, but John Cena did get the win uh, thanks to his custom U.S. title knuckles that said Word Life. Uh, really fun match. He, he did some trickeration too, which is something you don't really expect to see from Cena. But it was it was a really it was a fun match, and we got a new champion right away. So I mean, kicking things off pretty hot. Uh, the next match, maybe not the best in the world. Uh, again, this is continuing with the trend. I'm not sure if the tag team title scenes on both shows were just really bad. Or they just wanted to get everyone on the card. I'm thinking it's probably the latter. But we have a Fatal 4-Way tag match for the World Tag Team Championships. That's the Raw Tag Titles. It was the champions, Booker T and Rob Van Dam. Yeah, that was a tag team. Um, they went up against the Dudley Boys, La Resistance, Rene Dupree and Rob Conway, and Garrison Cade, or as you might know him, Lance Cade, and Mark Jindrak. Uh, it, it was a fun match. You know, uh, with the fail four-way rules, it kind of kind of makes things a little nuts. But Booker T and RVD actually retained in this match, so yeah, it was it was decent. You know, got all the guys on the card, got to show the raw tag title situation. But uh, yeah, we had we had a tag team title retained, and this WrestleMania is pretty pretty clean as far as finishes go, which, as you guys know, I always appreciate. Uh, the next match, I completely forgot this match was on this pay-per-view. It's Christian going up against Chris Jericho. 
Now, this match was based on um, a bet that Christian and Chris Jericho had made with each other that there was $1 Canadian on the line about who could sleep with who first. Jericho was trying to sleep with Trish. Christian was trying to sleep with Lita. This may have turned out a lot differently if Jericho had bet Edge. Just saying. I'm kidding. I kid Matt Hardy. Uh, no, I. but yeah, that would have turned out differently. Anyway, um... If you watch the backs, the the video packs before this match, Chris Jericho does some really fantastic acting in this in this segment. Um, Trish Stratus is great in it. Uh, it you know, it, it's a good time. The match is really fun. The match is really a lot of fun because it turned into a Christian attacking Trish, like putting the walls of Jericho on her, like like going at it. Like it was really really good stuff. Stuff they probably wouldn't do now, unfortunately. But yeah, it was really, really good. And during the match, Trish Stratus looks like she accidentally cost Jericho the match. Oh, Christian gets a big win over Chris Jericho at WrestleMania. And then, of course, the turn happens. Trish slaps Jericho in the face. And boom, unprettier. And Trish, Trish, Tristian, that's the name for their couple. Uh, Trish and Christian start making out on the ramp. It's it's fantastic. It's really really cool. Uh, yeah, really really good stuff. Um, and I gotta say, the backstage segments for this WrestleMania are fantastic. We have the coach going around looking for the Undertaker, who's supposedly in the arena somewhere. He stumbles upon Bobby Heenan and Minji Nokerlin making out with Moolah and Mae Young. It, it, it's trust me it's much better than it sounds it's fantastic Bobby the Brain Heenan oh, he, he's a treasure he really is and we also have a, a segment with Evolution in the staircase at Madison Square Garden where his where Randy Orton's feud with McFoley started really really good segment it's more of a it's, it's a bit of a recap video package but it's still really really good and then of course we have The Rock The Rock Walking all around backstage, uh, just making, uh, just showing, like, you see Don Morocco backstage, you see Jimmy Snuka. It, it's a lot of really fun stuff. Uh, but, yeah, and uh, let's move on to that to that match, actually. We got the handicap match. Evolution, which is um, Batista, Randy Orton, and Ric Flair. And uh, they're going up against the Rock and Sock Connection. Yeah, I mean, you would think this would be an amazing match, and guess what? You're right, it is. It's really, really fun. There's nothing wrong with this match at all. Um, it's kind of interesting the way that they go about doing this because, like, this is this is a weird time for The Rock because The Rock is Hollywood. Now, basically, he's not doing a gimmick. He's ju- he literally just came back as Mick Foley's friend to help him out. Because I think there was even a segment a couple of Raws before where, Mick Fo- where Al Snow asked Mick Foley if he wants help. And it just doesn't happen that way. But um, there's some great stuff with The Rock and Ric Flair, who never really got like a feud. They never really had too much interaction with each other. But there's some great stuff, like Ric Flair pretending to do a people's elbow with his struts and everything. Um, then The Rock doing Ric Flair struts. Really, a lot of really good stuff here. And actually, and you have to remember, this is baby evolution. Like, Randy Orton, less than a year. 
Batista, less than a year, fresh off of being a deacon on SmackDown, believe it or not. Yeah, this is baby steps for these guys. Like, John Cena, you kind of already knew where he was going to be. Randy Orton and Batista, especially Batista. Batista's low on the dome pole at this point. He's he's like the Lex Luger in Four Horsemen. He's you know he's he's the he's the odd man out. He's the odd man out, and this match really really highlighted Evolution. It's it might be one of my favorite Ric Flair matches. It's really really fun, um, and Evolution gets the win. Evolution gets the win over Mick Foley. Which is a rare, um, a rare loss for the Rock at WrestleMania. You know, when whenever Stone Cold Steve Austin isn't involved. Uh, but yeah, really fun match. And then we move to something. Uh, I, I will. All right, I'm gonna say this right now. I think WrestleMania 20 might be the most representative of the crazy amount of things you can do with women in professional wrestling. Now, I say this because you have the thing with Trish Stratus and Christian where she's being manipulative. She's an integral part of the storyline. She's the impetus for the entire storyline. Like, she really is. The whole whole reason the Christian versus Jericho match happens is because of Trish Stratus. And later we get a a women's championship match that is... It's fun. It's fun. I'll get to it. But um, this match, it's a bit... um, it's a bit old school ways of thinking. It is a Playboy evening gown match. Now, I'm sure you're wondering what that is. Um, back in 2004, Tori Wilson and Sable were on the cover of Playboy together. And um, this was back when Playboy had nudity. In fact, I think they're going back there now. But um, Stacy Keebler and Miss Jackie, Jackie Gata of Raw, uh, disagreed with with who was on playboy so that was the impetus for this match and it was an evening gown match it was a tag team evening gown match but sable just decided hey you know what let's all take our evening gowns off that that was how this match started that's what most of this match is um sable and tori win quite easily (laughs) it's uh, honestly you can skip this match. You can skip it. I mean, it's it's not really the best use of the women. It's more of a palate cleanser because this WrestleMania has a lot of heavy hitting matches, and this is a good palate cleanser. It's only like three minutes, not even that long. So I mean, you know, it, it's it's good. And I thank the lucky stars that Michael Cole and Taz were on commentary for this instead of the King. Yeah, yeah. King King is King is especially not good when it comes to women's matches. I haven't harped on it before, but oh, it's it's rough to listen to. It's rough to listen to in this day and age. But um, moving along, we have a different kind of match. I kind of wish they would bring this back. I would love to see this back at WrestleMania 30, 33. I would love to. I think right now we have the tools, we have the talent. For this kind of match, and it will be really, really good. It's called a cruiserweight open, and it's for the WWE Cruiserweight Championship, which at that time uh, resided on SmackDown. Now, the champion Chavo Guerrero had nine other people to go up against, but because Chavo got the luck of the draw, he would be the last person to come into the match. The way this started is two guys started off, 
Eliminations happen via pinfall, submit, uh, submission, DQ, or countout, just like a normal match. And as soon as one person left, the other person comes right into the match. I would love to see this today. Like, all right, I'm going to run down the list of the 10 guys that are in this match. You had Travel Guerrero, you had Shannon Moore, Jamie Noble, Funaki, Nunzio, Billy Kidman, Rey Mysterio, Tajiri, Akio, and poor Ultimo Dragon. <laughs> Poor Ultimo Dragon. I will say the WWE Network edited out the clip of him falling during his entrance. Very nice of them. They did not have to do that. They absolutely did not have to do that. But it's a really fun match. It's super fun. It's it's only a little over 10 minutes. But if you give the Cruiserweights we have now, like maybe give them a little bit longer, put a few less guys in this, like, like if you get Neville, Jack Gallagher, Austin Aries, uh, Noam Dar, Cedric Alexander, and oh, let's throw Mustafa Ali in there. Why not? Six guys cruiserweight open. I want to see that match. I really want to see that. I think that would be amazing. That would be fantastic. Um, but yeah, uh, Chavo actually gets the win through cheating. Um. A Guerrero cheating to retain a championship at WrestleMania 20. I wonder if that'll be a trend. It totally will be. Um, <laughs> but now, um, moving on. Now, this match. I, I had to do something very special for this match, you guys. I'm pulling out my phone right now because I had to do something for this match. This next match has a special guest referee of Stone Cold Steve Austin. If you know your history, you know, you know which match I'm talking about. The match is Goldberg and Brock Lesnar. Yeah, uh, our supposed May event for WrestleMania 33. Keep in mind, this was 13 years ago. Now, um, if you've seen this match, then you probably know what I'm about to talk about. If you haven't seen this match, let me tell you what I'm about to talk about. So, um, this match is the build for this match. I have to say, it's fantastic. Um, Brock Lesnar retained his his title at the Royal Rumble. Goldberg is coming out at number thirty. Brock Lesnar gives Goldberg shit about being number thirty, saying no one cares about Goldberg, and by and large, he's right. Uh, Brock Lesnar eliminates Goldberg from the Royal Rumble. Really cool start. So, Stone Cold Steve Austin being um, one of the head guys on Raw. I think he was like a co-owner or co-in-charge. I forget what they called it back then. But um, he gave Goldberg a ticket to the SmackDown pay-per-view No Way Out. And he says, Bill, don't do anything I wouldn't do. Great. Guess what? Goldberg is front row for the match between A. Guerrero and Brock Lesnar. And with the referee down... Goldberg comes in, spears Lesnar. Eddie Guerrero capitalizes. Frog slash Eddie Guerrero. Viva la raza is your new WWE champion. And Goldberg is pissed. <laughs> it's really good. I, I mean, Lesnar is pissed. It's really, really good. It's a great build. Now, Vince McMahon says he won't sign this match unless he can get someone to keep control of it because these guys are animals. So Stone Cold Steve Austin is named the referee because... It was his fault that this all happened. So Brock Lesnar attacks Stone Cold. 
Brock Lesnar steals Austin's ATV, rolls it out on a truck, and drives away with it, and shows up to unsmack them with it. This is a phenomenal build. Phenomenal build. I was super excited for this match. I'm not going to lie and say that I wasn't because I was. It's Goldberg and Brock Lesnar, two of the strongest, hard-hittingest guys they had at the time. And then there was the rumor that this was going to be Goldberg's last match in WWE. That his contract had ended. Okay, fine, fine. That means Lesnar wins, right? Or Goldberg goes out on a high note. One or the other. We're okay with that. We're fine. Everyone's okay. But then the rumor comes out that this is also going to be Brock Lesnar's last match with WWE. And that he's going to try out with the Minnesota Vikings because he's already been reported for that. Okay. So that, that's, that's fine. So they're both, they're both leaving. So we don't know what's going to happen. It's very unpredictable. That's okay. That's fine, right? It's not fine. It's not fine at all, you guys. So the ma- the match starts, and I, being a duly justified journalist, um, I wanted to remember this properly, and I did. Um, so I started a stopwatch as soon as the bell rang. Now you're asking me why I started a stopwatch. Because it was two and a half minutes before these guys even touched each other. Now, this is important for one very big reason. Two and a half minutes, okay? These guys were staring at each other. The last match in here in 2000, here in good old 2017, kind of, that Brock Lesnar and Goldberg had, their match was over by now. Yeah. So, in fact, if you take the match between Goldberg and Brock Lesnar and added their interaction time at the Royal Rumble match in 2017, I think it would still be less than two and a half minutes. That's two matches, basically. So, you can understand the crowd was getting a little upset. Uh, Two and a half minutes, they locked up, they pushed each other back. Okay, fine. They're both big, strong guys. They do this again. So, all of us in the crowd, meanwhile, are thinking, oh, they don't want to hurt each other because they're both leaving and because Brock is going on to a football tryout and he doesn't want to get hurt. Oh, this isn't going to be good. So, I kept the stopwatch going. And I took note of the time that that these men first took a bump. You think maybe a bump starts the match. By the way, the crowd is vicious at this point. Like, you sold out chance. Na, 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 na. Hey, hey, hey. Goodbye chance. This match sucks chance. This is at 5 minutes 47 seconds. There's a shoulder block and both men fall down. That's the first bump of this match. Over five and a half minutes in, you guys. Five and a half minutes in. Look, I I did a stopwatch. I'm not joking about this. 
And then I'm like, okay, but that's not really the star of the match yet because they both just took one one bump and then they stared at each other again. So I kept the stopwatch going. And at this point, at least in my section, we had a guy in the front of our section dressed as Hulk Hogan, like complete dressed as Hulk Hogan, head to toe, fake mustache, fake beard, boa, headband. He was trying to entertain us because Lord knows the match wasn't. And if you heard a random Hogan chant, that wasn't us crowd being dicks, just chanting for something else. There was a guy who was doing the entire Hulk Hogan pose, like, you know, this, this, this. He actually ripped his shirt off. Like, he was doing the whole thing. He got our whole section fired up for Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Go figure. But um, so I finally got the first kick on record in the match at 6 minutes 39 seconds. So um Now now I tell you how long the match is. The match is 13 minutes 43 seconds. Yeah. They spent over half the match doing absolutely nothing. Just about just about half the match. Right? I haven't done the math right, but just about half the match doing absolutely nothing. It was not a good match. Um, it was not a fun match. Once once they started going, they had already lost the crowd. They really did. They already lost the crowd at that point. Everyone was just waiting for the end. Goldberg beats Brock Lesnar because, of course, he does because Brock Lesnar's the one leaving for other things, whereas Goldberg's just leaving. And then Austin stuns them both, and bleh, that's it. Yeah. Um, so moving, moving on, I don't, I don't want to talk about that match anymore. I'm not excited for WrestleMania 33. If, if we're getting anything close to that, if they name Stone Cold Steve Austin as a special guest referee, I'm going to be very upset. Uh, but moving on, we have the, the SmackDown tag team championship. Uh, now the champions are Rikishi and Scotty Tuhati. They're going up against the world's greatest tag team at this point. No longer team angle, Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin, the APA. This is pre-JBL, which is interesting because he still looks like JBL, but he's still coming out of Farouk. So it's a little it's a little odd. And the Basham brothers. And it's a shame because I like all four of these teams. This match doesn't even last as long as the Raw one. Uh, Rikishi and Scotty retain. So, I mean, you know, the ta- there are a lot of tag teams on here, but they don't get to do all that much, unfortunately. But now we get um, really, really... In, uh, actually, before we get to this match, I have to mention, this is the first WrestleMania in the Hall of Fame era. The hall, This was the first WrestleMania where the Hall of Fame ceremony was held the night before. Um, and there was an actual ceremony, not just like a private thing, you know, where... Um, where a lot of the guy, where a lot of the boys showed up and everything, this was an actual Hall of Fame ceremony. You can watch the whole thing on the network. I highly recommend it. The Hall of Fame ceremonies, by and large, are pretty great, especially this first one because th- I'm just gonna run down this class for you and who inducted all of them. All right, Big John Stud inducted by the Big Show. Awesome. Um, it was it was Big John Stud's son who accepted it, but still, Big John Stud. Uh, Don Morocco inducted by Mick Foley right there. Awesome. 
Greg the Hammer Valentine inducted by Jimmy Hart, his manager, his manager, way back in the day. I mean, we, we were talking about him. Rhythm and Blues, baby. The King Harley Race inducted by Ric Flair. Oh, awesome. Uh, Jesse Ventura inducted by Tyrell Ventura. I'm assuming that's his wife or daughter or something. I'm not sure. I forget. I didn't watch the Hall of Fame. I'm not going to be watching the Hall of Fames for these. That's way too much stuff. But, but uh, yeah. Junkyard Dog inducted by Big Cat Ernie Ladd. Awesome. And if I remember correctly, uh, Junkyard Dog's daughter gave a really cool speech. Um, I, I remember really enjoying it a lot. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter inducted by Pat Patterson. Come on. Right there. That is WWE legacy right in there. Uh, superstar Billy Graham inducted by Triple H. I mean, Triple H, is it was great. And Superstar is awesome, even though, you know, he's a little soured on his time in the Hall of Fame since then. And uh, Tito Santana. Now, I have a funny story about this. Uh, Tito Santana was inducted by Shawn Michaels, which, hi, WrestleMania 9? Yeah, WrestleMania. No, WrestleMania 9 was Tatanka. So WrestleMania 8, Tio Santana and Shawn Michaels had a match for the Intercontinental title. But, um, wait, no. They just had a match, not for the IC title. But, uh, so when we were waiting to get to our seats at Madison Square Garden, um, they were, they were, there was a long line checking tickets because, you know, it's still 2004. They didn't have a lot of sophisticated toys like they do now. Um, all of a sudden, we were all told to push to one side, and in the crowd is a bunch of security guys bringing Tito Santana to his skybox. I'm like, oh my god, it's Tito Santana just walking through the crowd with the rest of us. So I saw him, and I just screamed, Arriba? And he, he looked back, he smiled, and just gave a big, Arriba! Like, and we all, we all started chanting Tito in the line. It was fantastic. I have a picture of him somewhere in the crowd just turning around smiling. But Tio Santana, awesome. And finally, the, the, the headliner of the Hall of Fame class of 2004, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Ah, oh, Bobby inducted by Blackjack Lanza, but Bobby Heenan's speech, if you've never watched a Hall of Fame, if you're like, I don't want to see speeches, I don't like Hall of Fame things, I don't care. You go to the network, you go to YouTube, you go somewhere, you find Bobby Heenan's Hall of Fame speech. It will make you laugh and cry all at the same time because Bobby Heenan is that damn good at what he does. Bobby Heenan's amazing. And it's awesome. All right. Um, so back into the rest of the card because they did bring out all of the Hall of Famers and introduced them and everything. It was a really cool moment because we got to see all of them lined up. But uh, back into the card, we have a women's title match, y'all, and it's hair versus title. Mm, this is fun. It's Victoria, the champion, going up against poor Molly Holly. Poor, poor Molly Holly. I loved Molly Holly so much. So much did I love Molly Holly. Um, and ooh, 
it's a good match. It's not as long as I'd like it to be with everything that's on the line here. But Victoria catches a quick roll up. It, really cool, like a surprise finish, not like a real like devastating like one side win for Victoria or anything like that. Like a surprise flash roll up, so we can see Molly's reaction when she loses, like suddenly. Excellent decision making on that part because Molly realizes it sets in, and she tries to attack Victoria and tries to shave her head, but. The Clippers aren't plugged in. So Victoria's able to fight back. She straps Molly down in the chair, and hair is completely buzzed. Um, While they were doing the haircuttings when they introduced all the Hall of Famers, so they go back, and Molly is bald. And, you know, she still looked pretty good. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, But now we have the WWE Championship match. And before before I get to this match, I need to talk about a backstage segment. Um, Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit are talking in the locker room, and and Eddie's like, Eddie is trying to fire up Chris Benoit by saying, you know, no one believes you can win, SA. Like, and Chris Benoit gets pissed off. It's really good, and Eddie's like, I'm just joking, Holmes. Like everyone believes, and ah, uh, it's. I don't care what, for the purpose of this video, I don't care what happened. After this show. Because we all know what happened. It's very unfortunate in so many ways. What happened after this show. But this show. Perfectly encompasses. Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit. It perfectly does. It is fantastic. It really is. So the match between Eddie Guerrero and Kurt Angle. Very, very awesome. Very good match. Like these guys know each other so well. They've been wrestling each other for months basically now as part of the Smackdown 6 and uh, this this finish is so Eddie Guerrero it's amazing it's Kurt's been working the ankle the leg and the ankle because he's Kurt Angle he's going to go for the ankle lock like he's going he's gonna to suplex you he's going to go for your ankle that's basically every Kurt Angle match but they're all really great so there's one point where uh, Eddie throws Kurt to the outside and he's he he is hurt Eddie is really hurt. Like, and Taz and Michael Cole sell this so well. Eddie is untying his boot, and Taz is like, oh my God, he must have broken the ankle. He's trying to relieve the pressure. Which, A, if you have a broken ankle, the last thing you want to do is relieve the pressure. You want to keep it, you know, you, you want to keep it together. That being said, it, they still sell it really, really well. And Kurt and Eddie does it in a matter where Kurt Angle sees. Eddie loosening his boot. And Kurt's like smells blood in the water like the shark from Jaws. Like he pounces. Pounces on Agro. Goes right after him for the ankle lock. And Eddie is able to push his boot off. So Kurt pulls off a shoe. Eddie rolls him up small package. And Eddie retains the championship. Oh, so damn good. It's so good. Oh, man. Th- this match is a masterclass. It really is. It's fantastic. It might be Kurt Angle's best Mania match. I don't know. Next year, I have to rewatch that one again because I know who that one's against, and that could very well be a lot better. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, th- this match is really, really good. Um, But, yeah, so moving along, we have the return of The Undertaker. 
Now, this whole thing started with Kane burying uh, the Undertaker in in a match he had with Vince McMahon, and uh, you know it was the end of the American Badass gimmick, which is a shame. I as as I've said, American Badass is my favorite Undertaker, my favorite. Um, I wasn't exactly looking forward to the return of the Dead Man, and at this point, nobody knew what he looked like. Like because it, it the internet wasn't huge back then. There weren't a lot of leaks, so um, you know, Taker hadn't been seen since Survivor Series. But they had done a lot of really cool pyrotechnic stuff to mess to mess with Kane. Like Taker's music interrupted Kane in the, Kane in the Royal Rumble. That's why he got eliminated. Like a lot of really cool stuff to tease for this. This is a long build for Taker and Kane. And gonna be honest. When we're sitting in the crowd, like Kane comes out, really cool image of the uh, the LED New York City skyline on fire. Very cool imagery. Got a guy give huge props to that. But after Kane was in the ring, the lights go out, and none of us have any idea what to expect. And all you hear is Paul Bearer just saying, "Oh yes," I, I'm getting chills. Now, thinking about it, like, look at that. Goosebumps on my arm, thinking about that moment again. Just so, so cool. Um, Taker comes out, and, you know, he's got the druids. He's, he's back in black. He's got the hair. You know, his hair is not as long as you'd like it to be because, you know, hair only grows so quickly. But, ah... Uh, it's really fun. It's it's not their best match. It doesn't beat the WrestleMania 14 match, in my opinion, because Kane is running scared most of the time. Like Kane is petrified that the Undertaker is actually back. And guess who wins? Of course, Taker wins. And it, I mean, you know, it's a good match. It's a good match. Taker Kane. You know what to expect. But the video package and the intro is enough to make this match fantastic. And um, yeah, and it's actually it's kind of the palate cleanser. It's a little bit the palate cleanser between the championship matches, which is good. I'm glad this wasn't the women's championship match. Honestly, I'm glad it wasn't. I I know it's because of the haircut thing, but I'm glad it wasn't. All right, and now we get whew, this match. This match gives you the feels. I don't care what anyone says. Triple H, the world heavyweight champion. Going up against Shawn Michaels and Chris Benoit in a triple threat match. Oh, this match is good. This match is really good, you guys. We can say all the internet smarky things we want about it being Stephen Richards or Canadian Wrestler X or whoever you want to put in there based on what happened afterwards. But damn, this match cooks. This match really, really cooks. And I remember sitting in the crowd and I just wanted Triple H to lose. Between Sean and Benoit, I honestly didn't care who won because if Shawn Michaels won, I got to see my favorite wrestler of all time win a championship again, which is great. If Chris Benoit won, I get to see someone winning the title for the first time, which is awesome. Uh, but Sean gets busted open. Triple H gets busted open. Triple H and Sean double suplex Benoit through the announce table. The, Chris Benoit puts on a sharpshooter, and Shawn Michaels super kicks the hell out of him. It looks so good because it's one of those like camera angle shots where you just see the foot come in. This match is really, really good. Um, and Chris Benoit 
gets the win. Makes Triple H tap. And I remember vehemently screaming tap. Like the rest of Matt. I've never heard Madison Square Garden that loud. And I've been there for some shows. Screaming tap at the top of our lungs. Just screaming it. And hot damn. What a match. And the be- I think the best thing is there was no like post-match attack or post-match stare or anything like that. It's as soon as Chris Benoit gets down off the turnbuckle holding the belt in the air, the first thing he sees is Eddie Guerrero. And I teared up again just watching it because I remember feeling that emotion in that ring like when I was there live. Just And the confetti's coming down. And like all like and he doesn't say it, but because we saw that segment before, all you hear is I believe Chris like Ugh, it's just so good and such a shame what happened after this show, but uh I mean it's still one one of the coolest moments in WrestleMania history. I'm gonna say it, I don't care. I, I uh, yeah, it's 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 really great. Uh, all right, so uh, if you have any opinions about this WrestleMania, and I'm sure some of you guys will, uh, be sure to hit me up at Mad Mike four eighty three. Uh, leave comments in the YouTube's, hit up uh, Facebook, Twitter at Mayhem Show with the hashtag MM, and um, yeah, so we'll see you next time for WrestleMania twenty one when WrestleMania goes. Hollywood. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know I know which one this is because they had the best promos for this. And I I may do a whole I'm gonna watch all the promos again before I watch this WrestleMania because the promos for this were amazing. They're great. Actually, I think there's a compilation within the Mania, so I'll just watch that instead. But yeah, uh can't wait for it. So uh we'll see you next time on 32 Manias of Mike. <laughs>